Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Back to Old School with DP and J. Great conversations as always here on Old School. My name is Nate Brennan. He is Jake Bakovin. A little bit of a reunion from the OG Ticket Water Cooler. That's right. Stepping in here on Old School. Hit us up, 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline, starting with text line. Appreciate you guys chiming in as always. We're going to continue the conversation. You can also check us out. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. YouTube, give us a like, give us a subscribe. All that good stuff. So, Bach, let's go through the text line. We, we have a lot of people chiming in on this um, and some interesting questions, too. So keep it coming. 402-464-5685. Start aiming text line. Uh, Mark says, where would you rank Mickey with current Big Ten coaching salaries? Uh, is, that, but is that the standard? Is that how Mickey's going to be paid compared to the rest of the Big Ten? Is he going to be compared to the salary you gave Scott Frost because it, it, it would be an interesting discussion because I don't know if Nebraska has ever been in this realm before where essentially you're promoting your wide receivers coach within to be the head coach. It, it's an interesting predicament. And I'd be curious to see what Dabo Sweeney got when he was promoted for what it's worth. Too. Yeah. Well, I, I think everybody, again, I think everybody's kind of moved them uh, selves up to about 4 million is the kind of the lowest in the big 10. And that was, Scott Frost this past year, uh, four million per year. Uh, I think just about everybody's up to that. Um, I think that it would probably start from from somewhere around there because um, that's you know it, it's his first job. But at the same time, again, it depends on if Arizona State or Colorado c- comes calling. If somebody else tries to bid for him, then you've got to outbid for him. So, my, especially if he's your guy, right? So, I, I mean, in my mind, I think he would. I don't think you would need to pay, pay Harbaugh's salary. I don't think you need to pay Ryan Day's salary to get him. I think that it would probably start in the lower third um, just because of, you know, the experience and, and kind of the way to, to build yourself up that way. Um, 
but so I, I would start, you know, four, four and a half, somewhere around there per year. Um, if you go lower than that, I mean, you almost, <laughs> I don't know if you want to pay somebody less. I, I, I mean, I, I get the idea. Nebraska's certainly been in the case where they've been overpaying and paying off co- coaches' contracts for years afterward. Then uh, there's the fear of doing that as well. But I, I don't think you want to look cheap in your hiring process either. And that, think how disrespectful that is to be like, okay, you've earned this job. You've done everything that we've asked you to do. We trust you with this job. We're going to give you the job, but we're not going to give you... Yeah, what you've done to earn the job, like it just it, that does not rub me the right way. Well, and that's why I think I think there's a yeah, lot of people. I think a lot of people are supporting Mickey Joseph, and they want to see him give it a, a, a trial run. But I don't think you, this this is as far as a trial run as you can get. This is the trial. This run. is the trial run. But you've got to commit. You can't give him two and a half million dollars and then tell it because he's not going to feel secure. He's going to think you're, he's still on the trial run. And, and not, not only will they think that, unfair. that's probably what it would be. If you're giving him that low a salary, you're telling him we're still just testing this out. He wants, if you, I don't want a test out head coach. No, I want a no. head coach. So if it, whether or not you're on the Mickey train, you got to be all the way on. You can't be halfway on. Let's see how it goes. You've got to believe this is your next coach. And I think, again, I think there's a lot of people that are supportive. I think there's a lot of people that are starting to lean that way. I've leaned that way more so than when he took over the job. But I'm not fully in yet. And I in in it to make the Mickey Joseph hire, I would have to be fully in, not think, uh, let's test this out. But that's and, and I think that's the biggest point, Bach, is that the the whole reason that you have the interim in front of the head coaching position is to say that, okay, you're not the head coach. Like you you are currently, but long term you haven't had that salary, like you haven't been signed to the contract. Like that is the trial. Like having an interim head yeah. coach and having him in this position and saying, "Okay, we're gonna see what you do as the head coach." That's the trial. Like I-, I completely agree. I don't understand how you can walk into a situation, especially at Nebraska, where you've had such a train wreck for the past five, six, seven, however far you want to go back to consider this a train wreck. It's become a train wreck. Why do you want to halfway go in on a guy and just keep this constant cycle going? Because the snowball is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. If you're going to have him be the head coach, commit to it. Have him be the guy. And that's the thing, too. And and, and Thundersoft Collins says, Mickey has earned the job already. His conduct on and off the field, the player's mindset, recruiting, and the way he handles himself in front of the media. We're wasting energy talking about it. The only reason and the only pushback I would have against that is that Trev said very specifically he's going to talk to people. And I know for a fact that he has been talking to people, and I know that those conversations are going to continue. And if you are in a position and you're Trev Alberts, you have been trusted as the athletic director for Nebraska. Whether we want it, whether we like it or not, whether you're okay with the way he's done it, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, he's been the one tasked to do the job. And the job is for him to get the best candidate to be the head coach. Now, it might be Mickey. I'm not saying it isn't, and I'm not saying that it is. But I think it would be kind of irresponsible at this point to just say, okay, you're the guy. doesn't matter how the rest of the season plays out. doesn't matter what happens. You get the job. I think that's a little irresponsible, and I think that's not what Trev's been tasked to do. Yeah, and I and I you know for those that think that he's already had the job for for his conduct and stuff, I mean I, I like that, but I mean we could see from <laughs> from yesterday he's still got some th- learning to do on the job as well. Um, he, he's 
Uh, and then, then the other part about it to me is I'm the reason why I'm not sold and convinced is because victories over Indiana and Rutgers just isn't going to do it for me. I, 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 and I understand the, the challenge that he's been put up against. I understand that he's been able um, to turn this around a little bit. But let's, you know, it, it's a hard read because you have to remember at the same time, Scott Frost wasn't getting blown out of games. So we can say it's a complete debacle that you handed to him and it feels pretty debacle But at the same time, it's it, it, he wasn't taking over a team that was losing every other game fifty six to ten and then came back and got these victories. Right. So I mean, I I think that Mickey Joseph has done a, a solid job in taking over Nebraska and getting them to the two and two mark that he has with them. I don't think he's the only person on planet Earth that could have done it. No, but I think this is what me and Strick said yesterday, and I think there's a lot of merit in this. Is that I think he's put you in the right direction. No, no matter no matter which way you want to slice it, I'm not saying that he's the only guy that could have gotten him to this point, but I think you have to look beyond just the record. And I said that last year with Scott Frost, too. Ended up biting me in the butt because that didn't work out whatsoever. But I think you have to look beyond the record. And like some of our text line is saying, you have to look at the culture. You have to look at the locker room. You have to look at the player buy-in. You have to look at the relationships. You have to look at the recruit. Like there are so many aspects that you have to look at outside of the record. Because I had this conversation with Strickbach, and my only pushback against you would be this: is that Mickey Joseph has done something that was somewhat unimaginable. Like let, let's not have recency bias in saying this. There were having we were having discussions that after that Georgia Southern game, is this rock bottom for the program? Like, when can you point to another point in time that Nebraska is 1-2, and two, losing to a team that moved to the FBS less than a decade ago and saying, they beat you at home, you gave up the most points in Memo- or the most yards in Memorial Stadium history, and now you fired your head coach on top of that. Like, there was discussions, this might be rock bottom for the program as we know it. And for him to turn the program around, even, you don't even have to call it a turnaround, for him to get wins against Rutgers in Indiana... I'm not going to say it's nothing short of amazing, but it's impressive. And, and for him to be able to do that, and not only do that, but build confidence in this program. like there, There is a resurgence in the fan base, in the players, in the coaching staff. I mean, it goes far beyond just winning a football game. Okay, but let me say... Th- there's something to be said for that. Let me tell you this, and I match up with you. I give you Anthony Grant, and you give me Devin Mockaby. Who do you think has the advantage? Anthony Grant. Mickey didn't win that battle. He had Anthony Grant. So, I mean, when you're a head coach, some of these things, you know, you have to look at at, at totality, and I think you have to let this play out, too. Um, Again, because the Indiana and Rutgers thing, again, there's no easy victories in the Big Ten. Um, but those are probably the easiest victories in the Big Ten other than Northwestern, which obviously got screwed up from the beginning. I would agree with you. Um, We're on the same page. Now, if you want to see how Mickey Joseph can prepare and the winning, winning culture and all that stuff, you have to wait and see what happens when you play the, the meat of the Big Ten. And you're in luck because you get to see it. You get to see it these next several weeks when you play Illinois, when you play Michigan, when you, when you end up playing Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa. That's what you're going – that's the true test that I want to see for my next head football coach. It's not beating Indiana. It's not beating Rutgers. I, I expect that regardless of who we hire. But if you want to get back to the level, um, again, I, I, that's why I don't want this level of, hey, let's find somebody that does better than Scott Frost. No, let's start. Let's get back to hopefully, and I know it can't happen overnight unless you get an Urban Meyer or somebody like that, um, that, you know, Lincoln Riley can just rise your program in one year like that. 
Um, it, the expectations aren't going to rise back, but I don't want to be, you know, this, this program that takes us five. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Five years to get back to the expectation of nine wins. Let's, let's, let's get somebody in that we can build and believe, hey, two to three years, we're going to be competing for the Big Ten title. But I think in order to do that, Bach, also Landon says, what would Virginia Tech do? Virginia Tech would hire Justin Fuente and tank the entire program, Landon. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Virginia Tech. They're not a part of this discussion because they have their own set of issues that are far worse than Nebraska's right now, believe that or not. The thing is, though, and, and I also want to apologize. You guys are saying that there's a lot of bass coming through through your speakers. We're getting our parking lot redone, so they're actually in the process of doing that right now, so you might hear a little bit of bass. We apologize for that. Stick with us. We're still going to have this discussion. But, yeah, we're having a little bit of, of bass issues. It's like we're teenagers with our uh, – I know. What are those? We're bumping uh, the, the, <laughs> the speakers that they put in the trunk. Yeah, I can't what remember what those are called. Elbow, what is? <laughs> yeah. We need a young person. Harrison's got to know. What Harrison, is it? The, yeah. the speakers, uh, not boom. No, uh, um, uh, I can't remember. But no, that that would be why you guys are here in base. So we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that intentionally. We apologize. We're getting our parking lot fixed. But I think Bach, when you talk about Mickey Joseph and something that that you haven't really mentioned yet, which I think mm, subwoofer. Yeah, there it is. Subs. Yes. Thank subs. you. Disingenuous. Um, I think what you haven't mentioned is how quickly he's changed the culture. And that's one thing is if you want to win football yeah. games, if you want to win football games, it has to start somewhere. And, and, and it's not as easy as just winning football games because they've tried two head coaches and that hasn't worked literally at all. But I think if you're starting from somewhere, it's how quickly the culture has shifted. And you can see it. And I'm not saying that it's there yet, but I'm saying when, when you're looking for a direction and you're looking to head into that right direction – they're there. They're not They're not where they're going to be, and they're not the end goal, and I don't think this is a 9-1 football team because I agree with you, Buck. This is Nebraska. Your goal and your expectation should be 9-10 wins and competing for the Big Ten. Not winning the Big Ten because they're still the Ohio State in the world. Every they're year. still the Michigans. They're still the Penn State. Yeah. I get all of that. But at the same time, you should be in the discussion. You should be competing. That starts with culture, and I think the, how quickly that turned around, there's something to be said for that. I think and that I think you you haven't really mentioned that as much. Well, because culture is a dangerous word. I mean, because culture is a, is hard to tar, hard to read, hard to see. We've been talking for years about how to get a winning culture in, and they've tried you know this, that, the other thing. I like the the buttons that he's pushed. Right, no music in in practice, and you know there you know more player accountability, all that stuff. I like uh, the direction that he's that he's that he's put it that way, and that is a, that is a, you know a strong point That's for important. him. At the same time, I don't I you know. It, it, I, I don't like talking about culture other other than winning and losing culture because winning culture can be proven through wins and losing culture can be proven through losses. If you go through this culture, yeah, you can get like a feel good story and people feel good and then get your butt walloped on Saturday. You don't, you know, it the culture thing is just hard to hard to discuss. Um, yes, there's energy in the program. Yes, he pushed some different buttons, um, you know, to try to get this this thing motivated. And I like the fact that he's done that, but. 
I saw Tim Miles try to do that with his basketball teams. It didn't. It didn't work. It, it, it's it, it, it's not necessarily a, a, a quick it, fix problem. I don't think you can compare it to basketball. I'm not it's, comparing it's not, it to basketball. Not I'm com- it's not I'm, the same at all. I was relating to a, a Nebraska fan standpoint. I'm comparing it to anybody. There's a lot of people that have tried to push a lot of buttons through their college, uh, you know, college football coaching or any type of coaching um, that can be perceived as changing culture because you know it's new, it's exciting, people are in on it. Um, it, I just I, I have a hard time completely saying okay the culture has flipped. I'm not saying it's flipped, and I know uh, the text line has said how the culture has changed. I'm not saying it's flipped. I'm not. I'm not saying that they're pointed in the right direction. The biggest thing that I can take away is that players have spoken at a podium and talked about their respect for Mickey, how much they appreciate him, things like that. Like you can t- you can go into Casey Thompson what he said yesterday about Mickey, how he's took him under his wing, how he's been a tough coach, how he appreciates him. The thing is that people don't realize like when you go to the podium, all he had to do was say I respect Mickey, I wish the best, he's done a great job, move on. But did you listen to Casey Thompson before when it was Frost, when it was any I mean Casey it was Thompson not, it was not the same. Casey Thompson's is incredible at the podium incredible. regardless. Absolutely. Absolutely, but it, there, there, there's a different feel when the when you win a game against Indiana and you go into the locker room and Mickey Joseph's dancing, the players are chanting Mickey. Trev Alberts is in the locker room for crying out loud. That is a different feel. Like you, you, you can just see it firsthand when it, when a team is is in a locker room chanting their coach's name. Like that, there's a feeling about it, and I'm not saying that it's flipped. I'm not saying where it needs to be, and I'm not saying that the culture is there to win nine football games. But I'm saying right now, I think it looks different. I think it does I too. Think, and it, yeah. it is noticeably different on the field, off the field, and I think there's something to be said for that. I think, I think that's important. There's something to be said for that. I just don't put as much stock into it as maybe others have. I mean, again, uh, you read off a text and said, yeah, the culture has changed. Let's hire him. I'm, I, I'm not to that point. I need to see. This is a critical point for Nebraska football. It's been 25 years since Tom Osborne left this program. He coached here for 25 years. Right. In the 25 years since then, it's been a lot of up and downs. There's, you know, The younger generation doesn't even know what winning looks like. So, I mean, I think that every hire feels like a critical point, right? But especially after the Scott Frost debacle, you're at the lowest place your program's ever been. I don't want to I don't want to take my chance on a on a gut feeling. I mean, you you've got I think this is a, such a critical hire. You've got to hit this one. So I agree. It's, I don't. I, I don't. I hope that's why I, I'm on the same. That's page. why I don't, you don't want, just hire. I don't want I people to page. see me as like some anti anti Mickey Joseph guy. I, I hope you see it the way that I see it. In that he's got to earn this thing, and earning this thing, maybe it means beating Illinois. Maybe it, it means you know toughening it up and beating a, a Minnesota or Iowa, Wisconsin, getting some of those things. You know, getting to a bowl. I've even lowered my expectation because of what he's done. Which started when he was when he was when he was in a room was okay. Get him to a bowl game. If it looks good and they're five and seven, that's why. Well, that's why I kind of say you know the, there can be bad, worse six and six teams than a good five and I seven team or a better you. five and seven I team. Agree with you. Despite the fact that they lose, so I mean, I think that that's a possibility. So I want to see if if I if Mickey Joseph turns this around and gets five wins out of this and it looks pretty solid, then absolutely. And I think Trey Palmer's a huge part of this, right? If if he can get a few more Trey Palmers, Mickey Joseph. Then you can kind of start seeing, you know, this thing turning around. At the same time, also think 
What if they didn't have Trey Palmer for that Purdue game? I mean, so it, there's, there's a lot of questions here to have because here. of Mickey Jones. He is, and that's why and I we think, all know that. I think Trey Palmer is the biggest, one of the biggest reasons that Mickey Joseph probably should gain some steam. Because if you get a few more of those guys, I mean, you could with even I'll I, say I said Malachi this, Coleman's probably part of that discussion too. <laughs> I would hold off on that. On uh, on any high school recruit, unless it's a but, unless it's a that big time on, compared to a guy that just set a school record. That's part of energy, like that. that that's what I'm talking about. Like that that builds energy. That shows. That's a reflection on other recruits too, right? I mean, if you see a guy that's from Nebraska, that's a top rated recruit. Guess what? Nebraska wasn't getting those guys, and now you are. And I think that shows something. That shows energy. That shows a rejuvenation in the program. I'm not saying it's there. I, I want to make myself very clear. I'm not saying it's all fixed with Mickey Joseph. I'm just saying I think we're in a better spot now than we were after the Georgia Southern game. Oh, without a doubt. Without, without a doubt. And, and that's yeah. what I want the text line to answer <clears throat> is, do you think right now we are in a better spot than after the Georgia Southern game? But if you weren't, game? I, I would say yes. If you weren't, Mickey wouldn't be in the conversation. I'd agree. And we would just kind of be just, uh, yeah, the season's going along. Who are these out? Who are these outside guys? Mickey is very – and when it started, it was kind of like, yeah, we'll see what Mickey does. Now Mickey's in the conversation. Oh, absolutely. He has to be. Yeah. He has to be. And if he beats Illinois, who knows? I'm telling you right now, if he beats Illinois, Nebraska storms, and then maybe we could talk about giving him a job on the spot. Think, think about what that would do. Because the thing is, think about what that would do for the program to have a win like that. And I know it's just 17th-ranked Illinois. Listen, when's the last time Nebraska beat a ranked opponent? 2016. When's the last time Nebraska beat a ranked Big Ten opponent? <laughs> Further back. Further back. That, yeah. That's my point. Like, think about what that does for a fan base, for the players, for the coach. Like, that has such an impact on the team that then maybe we have a discussion, you know what, hire this guy on the spot. Because that yeah. this is, and I hate to say that it's a program changer because it's 17th ranked Illinois, this could be a program changer. Seriously. Like, th this is okay. You haven't arrived, but this is, we're not a joke anymore. Like, we have someone coming into our building on a primetime game on ABC where whether you like it or not, if you got cable, you have to watch this game. <laughs> you have to watch Nebraska play <laughs> Illinois at home. That That is a defining win. And I think that 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 could propel the program forward. And I by really the do. way, uh, definitely pro storming the field. I know some oh, people storm, think absolutely. Nebraska is yes. a blue blood. You can't do that for this Illinois. These are college kids. Let them have their fun. Let they haven't storm. had fun in nine years. <laughs> Let these group <laughs> yes. of college kids yes. have their tiniest amount of I fun agree. and storm the field. I agree. When's the last time Nebraska stormed? <laughs> Let me know. Text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. This is a pro storm group right now. That's right. Me and Bach are pro storm. I know DP is not pro storm as much, so I'm not going to say that old school is a pro. Storm, no. But I'm saying Bach and I are pro storm. Nebraska, I think, does storm. I want to know who the last time Nebraska stormed. It, <laughs> it was probably a while ago. Yeah, I, it does, I, I can't even think it of it. Let us know. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on Old School. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.